May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. Amen. Our text that we heard read from our children today uh, speak of good works, especially as Jesus talks about good works and the prophet Isaiah in there in the 58th chapter speak of good works. And I want to remind you this morning of what Martin Luther said about good works. Actually, he had a lot to say about good works, but I'm going to summarize at least one of his main points. Luther said, God doesn't need our good works, but our neighbor does. Right? That's why at the beginning of this service I had mentioned that bag of blessings and how our neighbor literally needs food. This isn't some made-up thing, pie in the sky, that we are responding to. These are neighbors, they might live next door to you, or you yourself, you only know in your heart of hearts the need that exists in this community. This wonderful reading from Isaiah contains a beautiful image of a nation who seeks and practices righteousness and that did not forsake the ordinance of their God. Isaiah, who is the mouthpiece of the Lord, says, Is this not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thong of the yoke? to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide your face from your own kin? Then your light shall break before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard Isaiah here is urging the people to respond to the need to perform good works, to make an offering before the Lord, to loose the bonds of injustice, to let their light shine, as Jesus says. That is, to allow love to fill the world, because as you see, the world is a dark, dark place. If you haven't figured that out, just wait. But if you do these good works, Isaiah says, then shall your light rise in the darkness. That's the beauty of it. Light rising into the darkness. I said that the world is a dark place and there are many manifestations of darkness in the world, but the Bible makes it clear that the cause of darkness is simply this. Sin. There is darkness in the world of war. Wars and rumors of war cast a darkness over the land which leads to death and decay. Yet through this gloom, we do see bursts of light. Now, Christians who are the body of Christ in the world, opening their hearts and their homes and their community to refugees from war-torn areas, regardless of their background, Good works, such as the resettlement of refugees, bring a light into the world that contrasts the work of greed that makes our world so dark. Right now, 
this very moment, there is an estimated more displaced people in the world today than there has ever been. And the last time that there were this many displaced people was after the Second World War, when many European people were forced to take refuge in other lands due to that war-torn area. In fact, in this very congregation, some of those very people resettled right here and are still members to this day. The good news that God lays before us is that we have an opportunity to glorify God for these good works of Christian hospitality than the previous generations before us had. Now, there is a flip side to good works, and that's why Luther had a lot to say about good works. Good works can cause the one who performs them to mark us as people of self-worth. We're important people, rather than simple channels of God's grace. There's a difference. There's, there's a big difference. Both the Apostle Paul and Martin Luther warned us that no human being will be justified in God's sight by works of the law, since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Luther said it's only then by God's grace alone that we have been saved apart from works of the law. And this is not our own doing. As we heard read to us this morning by Evan from Paul's letter to the Second Corinthians, it is God's Spirit that lives within us. Not because of works, lest anyone should boast. Jesus chooses us who follow him by grace, not because of what we accomplish or don't accomplish. The gospel makes the point clear by interactions Jesus had with certain people. Take Zacchaeus, who was a certain tax collector who was despised by his own people, or the woman in the streets, or those who accused Jesus of being just a man who received sinners and ate table fellowship with the unclean people of the world. You see, if we take an honest look at the Gospels, we would conclude that the righteous living and the people meant very little to Jesus, because he welcomed people into his fellowship with such poor social records. And Jesus seems to be trying to correct that misunderstanding in our Gospel lesson from Matthew this morning. On one hand, Jesus fulfills the words of the prophet Isaiah to loose the bonds of wickedness by grace. Jesus sets people free who are trapped in the throes of addiction or an ill-repute lifestyle. And yet, on the other hand, Jesus says, Think not that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. What I'm trying to suggest to you is what Evan read this morning that Paul wrote about God's Spirit. It's easy to misunderstand who God is. Jesus accepted sinners just as they were unconditionally with no strings attached. Some might wonder if you could now ignore the Scriptures and if this would make no difference to God. That implies that God has no expectation to how we, His children, should live. That God makes no demands on us at all. But no, 
Jesus says, whoever relaxes one of the least of these kingdoms shall be called the least in the kingdom of God. Luther says that the commandments of God are there for happy living. It's the positive use of God's law, not to discipline or scold us, but they're guidelines for a happy life. So how can we measure if we are performing good works for our own self-worth or because, as Jesus says, a good tree bears good fruit? I want to suggest to you that the measure for good works is always measured in our ability to love our neighbor. That's the metric, love. All the light Jesus speaks of and all of the salt are measured by our ability to love. Am I operating out of a sense of love of my neighbor when I do good works, when I give to the food pantry, when I give to the bags of blessing, Or is my motivation to do good works because I want to be a person of great self-worth? As I said, there is a difference. When we measure our good works by love, we are measuring not with our own, but with the Spirit of God that lives within us. Jesus was concerned that God's people give the proper response to good works. We perform good works in response to God's love by which God accepts us as his own and makes us channels of grace for others. That's how we let our light shine in this dark world. The more loving deeds, the more our light shines in the darkness. Because at the end of the day, it is love that fulfills the law and the prophets So says Jesus. This isn't a theory. This is daily living. And through our baptism, we daily are called to share that light of Christ with other people. We are salt of the earth as we bring this rich flavor into a tasteless society, which increasingly is robbed of any decency at all. The kingdom of God comes into our world and community when we partner with God And when we see God in the needs of our neighbor and practice God's love through our good works and caring for our neighbor. Because yes, Luther was right, our neighbor needs our good works. Here I am, says the Lord, will you come and follow? Amen.